If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, baby. I can't. All right. Are we, are we live? Right. Yeah, I'm we are. live. All right, be quiet real quick. I'm alive and so are you. Oh, hey, listeners. It's your girl, the fabulous, the delicious Amber at the top of the episode reminding you to do what? Join our Patreon. This show is completely sponsored by listeners like you giving back to our family, investing in the arts, if you will. I want to shout out three amazing friends out there on the wormholes of the internet that have joined the Patreon party. We have Astrolite, Nicole Wilson, and Princess Nelson. Pew, 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 pew. These are just three people who will be in the giveaway for the book Binti. It will be there will be a giveaway at the end of the month for the book Binti. We read that early on in the podcast. And remember, if you would like to join our Patreon, just be sure to check out the episode notes. We link everything there. Now let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Side under the Believe Podcast Network. It's a podcast about black science fiction, black fantasy, and staying on the same page of our marriage. Today for episode 61, we'll be discussing Hard Ears, an Afro-Caribbean fantasy adventure graphic novel by Matthew Clark and Nigel Lynch. But before we get into today's episode, Ben, come into frame on that camera, camera one, and then... How are you doing today? You just put your leg on top of mine. I know we've had a day. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm really sleepy, really tired. I'm ready to go to work tomorrow. Uh, there was a four-day weekend, so yeah. You're ha- you're excited to go back to work and be away yeah. from me? Yeah. No. No, not to be away <laughs> from you, just to... Get... You hate me. No, I don't hate you. Never hate. The hate you give um, does something to little infants everywhere. Just so you know. Um, yes, we are recording a little bit later than we typically are because, you know, sometimes in our relationship, we're just not being our best selves. So earlier today, we both weren't being our best self. And so we have since made up. Um, there were tons of kisses and cuddles involved. And now we can do this show together. Yeah. Because you really can hear hard to, when our vibe is off. Yeah, but. you can't really do a show if we're fighting. I know. Well, some podcasts I listen to, I'm like, I can totally tell they were fighting before this, but they just said like, let's push through, you know, when it's like friendships. Yeah. But if, if you a wear couple, your heart on your sleeve, you wouldn't be able to do that. Right. Oh no. If a couple is fighting like you, it's cringy. I mean, I'm sure we've recorded an episode where I was a little bit heated or something and you were kind of, you know, giving me the cold shoulder. That's what you do. That's your part. 
Cold. I don't give sh- cold shoulders. Not really. Yes, you do, Benjamin. Come up with a different phrase. We should come up with a different phrase besides cold shoulders because it's like... It, it, it's like the silent treatment. You're being cold to me. Frosties. But cold is a good thing. Cold kills things that need to be killed. I don't like cold. Cold, yes. Well, the world, it's part of the process, part of the cycle. Without the cold, you know, you can't... Well, you gave me the hot elbow earlier, bitch. How a about hot that? elbow. Is that, you like that better? Why do we associate cold with bad? Um, Because it is. You know, I grew up in Georgia, so I love the heat. I love, I don't like humidity, but I do love like warm weather. You know, that's what everybody's like. But global warming will kill us all. Yeah, but so will tons of other cold. You can get frostbite and die. Yeah, but you can get heat stroke and die. People die more often from heat stroke. Well, people can also like fall into an ice pond and freeze that way. Yeah, but that's not like people know, don't die during epidemic. the winter during the Chicago winters. I'm sure they do. Not in the people same way. People have been found dead die. in their homes because their heat is off. Yeah, but not in the same way in the in the uh, in the summer. Didn't I mean not to, to change the situation? But there was like a ridiculous situation where Chicago, Chicago had a heat, heat wave in '95, and um, families and people were dying so frequently that. They just had the morgues piled with bodies. They had no, they had no idea what to do with all these dead bodies. How there was did a we documentary because you were because we were being mean to each other earlier. Yeah, I, I just cold, hot, icy hot, right? Icy hot. Shaquille right. O'Neal. What? Oh, he, he, he does did the, used to do he those. does all the commercials for that. This I promise. This show is about science fiction and fantasy. Do you? Uh huh. Do you yeah. promise that it is a? Do show. you like me again? Yeah, Name I, two I, things you like about me. You really put me on the spot. <laughs> I like your smile. That's because I'm smiling at you right now because I'm nervous. Yeah, you have, you're have. you never nervous. Actually, you're actually always, always, always nervous. Right, so you're I'm never a, nervous. a butterball of nerves and anxiety. So you've only still said one kind thing about me. You are really good at hiding your nervousness. And that, that's like, like we're and talking like top really, two best really great things about me. Great smile, your, and you're really great at hiding your anxiety and your flaws, which is probably something to do with my you're just, smile. You're just your general flaws, your insecurities. You hide them so well. I would never know at times. I just I don't know. It's like Amber's having a hard day, you know. But she had you don't do. know when I'm having a hard day. Sometimes you can hide it, and then it blows up. Like almost every time, when you suppress your feelings, eventually they blow up. But sometimes you can suppress your feelings for months, and then you what? pop off, and you're like, "Ah, you you did this thing," and I was like, "Oh man, you were so good at hiding it." Or maybe I'm just really bad at picking up on. I it. would say that. Let me think of two nice things about you. Let me look at you. Um. You don't let anything in this world stress you out. It could be something dire. It could be like the deadline is today. It could be like a burning house. Your child is on the way. You're not going to let anything rock your socks, my guy. Maybe it's apathy. Who knows? Uh, And you are really good at keeping a book in my hand. I will say that about you. 
I I never read as much as I did before I met you. That's awesome. I thought you said you read a lot when you were a little baby girl. I was. Everybody reads a lot when they first learn how to read because you're like so excited. Yeah, that's not true. What do you mean it's not true? A lot of people don't read, even as children, even as they're learning to read. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, really I, I mean, well, that's when you're, I would say like, you're really excited about reading as a kid because then you got like the Scholastic Book Fair. And right. You got Accelerated Reader. Like you're very incentivized to read. Yeah. And then one day people are like, yeah, you should just be reading. No prizes. And you're like, oh, man, what? Why would I just read? They're like, the knowledge is the prize. Or you're like, and peace. Is, That's the, the internal, ex- external uh, or internal intrinsic versus extrinsic Rewards. Yeah. Whereas you, you know, you were homeschooled. You never got to just get in on everything that fun. was uh, intrinsic. Did your mom make a frozen pizza if you read a book that day? No, but I did go Bagel to school bites. in fourth grade, and they did do the Pizza Hut thing, and I would go there. And my dad, like, I think the idea of that, looking back at it now, the Pizza Hut coupons <laughs> for reading was to get your family to go there and like buy other stuff. But my family was like either so poor that we would go there and just get the free pizza. I don't think my dad even tipped. Which I don't is, think anybody tips at Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut's not like a... You're supposed to tip at Pizza Hut. When you sit down to eat and the waitresses bring you food. Oh, you mean like back in the buffet Pizza Hut days? It, yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd go and they would what? have an arcade in the little front. It'd be like Mortal Kombat. I just my don't. My dad well, would hide my eyes as I walked through the door to not see the video game. The of arcade. like the sexy Mortal Kombat yeah. fighters. They were hot. I don't remember my parents tipping at pizza buffets. Maybe I just weren't looking at their cards, but I don't remember dollars. Two pinheads. Being... <laughs> Who? Both of my parents or me and a no, one both our our parents, our parents. You should tip if you're sitting down and eating at a restaurant. Even yeah, but if some restaurants don't have like tip vibes. Like a Chipotle is not a tip vibe. It's like you eat your food, you clean it up yourself. No, they they had whole like like get ups you would go and you know the pizza huts with the big oh pizza. my god okay they seriously. had the they had the little hats on them they looked like fucking huts you'd go in you'd sit down the waitress would come they would always bring you water and the plastic pitchers right i'm starting to remember I'm, I'm thinking in my head of like a cc's pizza yeah i think you're thinking uh, different but pizza hut you would have to go and sit down and you'd sit in the booths i just remember the little shakers yeah, that too. But I'm sorry, my parents didn't tip a pizza. You were, yeah, my so my dad. I would get this tiny little pizza for reading the books in fourth grade. My dad didn't get anything. I realize now because you know, I I don't think they had money, and he would let. He, he didn't get no breadsticks. They got good breadsticks. No, he wouldn't get anything else, and we would just split that little pizza together. The personal pan. Yeah. Damn. This is. Well, he would ask me like, "Can I have some?" And what would you say? I mean, you I, do like I, what I developed say. that that habit. Oh my gosh! Before we seriously talk about this book, Ben has a horrible habit. Horrible. I'll say, like, let's let's say we're going somewhere random. Uh, Starbucks. Let's just for just for shits and giggles. Hey Ben, I'm going to Starbucks. You want anything? No, I'm good. I go in Starbucks. I buy what I want. I probably ask again, are you sure you don't want anything, Ben? No, nah, I'm great. I'm really fulfilled. I ate a, a grape, one grape at the house. And so I come back to the car. He's going to start eating half of what I brought without fail. So now I just buy two things. But then Ben doesn't buy two things when he buys me something. So he still just eats half of what he buys for me. 
No, we're gonna we're working on that. We're working we're on that. On we're working that. on that marriage therapy. All right, Ben. Why don't you? We ha- so we had something interesting happen. So we, every week we come on the podcast and we ask you to go do an Apple Podcast rating for us. Now this week we got um in the queue an Apple Podcast rating, but I'll be honest, it we though we are very grateful to have received it. It wasn't really a rating on our show. It was more like a continuing dialogue of something we talked about. So Ben is going to take over from here and summarize what this person says. So we still wanted to give this person a, a shout out, but it wasn't specifically about the podcast. It was about a topic we discussed and they wanted to do a deep dive, which is awesome. Yeah. So Seti Walnut uh, on November 13th, 2021 wrote, first of all, incredible, insightful conversations are happening. Found y'all on TikTok and had to jump on the podcast. Love it. Love y'all. Thank you for being here. So that is sort of a rating. Yeah, that's a rating. Yeah. They gave us a rating, but then they went on to- And this is a five star. Like this, we, we, yeah. we fuck with this person. We yeah. want to continue this dialogue. But they went on to uh, comment about how um, they uh, are uh, Cherokee and they work in language uh, revitalization. And in our conversation, Amber and I were talking about in one of our last episodes about how in the U.S. that the need to learn a new language is not as uh, critical as it would be, say, in Europe or parts of Central America or um, where you you know you speak Spanish and English, and they were just bringing up the point that actually there are lots of indigenous uh, language speakers who do have to in the U.S. who are like required to learn a language, and part of the reason that we don't have um, that so indigenous speakers that are required to learn a language. What do you mean? English. Eng- oh okay. yeah, yeah. You know how I like, thought you meant like when they go to school, they're required to learn like. French, Spanish, the like, that's what I thought. No, 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 no. And, and part of the reason, you know, that we don't in the U.S. that we don't have this like requirement to speak another language um, or, or a culture of learning multiple languages really comes down to like the history of education where um, you, you were required to learn English. And it made me think recently this of this uh, PBS documentary on the Carlisle schools where uh, indigenous people were forced to go to and they were literally, you know, that, that idea of the Carlisle school was to, um, you know, kill the Indian, but save the man. Mm. That was a philosophy. And so, uh, that was, you know, something that they talked about in, in a really like really beautiful sort of short, little essay uh, that they left in their review. So thank yeah, we'll you so that. much for that. We'll post yeah. that on the Patreon as well because um, it's definitely worth a read. It's just, you know, it's, it's a lot for us to read right now and I kind of, and we're already off task. So yes, we, we see you, we hear you. We want to continue this conversation. We're posting that on the Patreon. Thank you so much for filling out that review. Let's get into, you know, that kind of reminds me of like learning the language of, you know, critical race theory it's like it's like that debate right it's like people are like we don't need to learn this why is this important why what's this indoctrination it's like other race like black children have had to learn this since the womb like you can learn it this can be taught in schools to everyone's children but whatever um yes so that that rating specifically was in reference to our last episode about atlantiques on netflix so be sure to watch atlantiques and listen to episode what was it 60 of the podcast so now let's talk about hard ears um you want to give a quick synopsis yeah uh did you do the intro yeah oh oh sweet i always intro the show baby L- listen you I, named I, the, I oh. am a professional 
Wow. Uh, anyway, so we read this amazing book called uh, Hard Years, a comic, uh, you know, by Matthew Clark and Nigel Lynch. And what did you think about it, Amber? What did you like? Oh, I loved it. I, I will also be, um, I, I'm super excited because, like I said last week on the pod, I'm going to get an opportunity to interview both of the authors. But if you're looking for just like graphic novels or comics to get into, this is a really great first step because I know that it's it's a little intimidating for me to read some comics because they're a part of, I think, like this megatext is what you call it sometimes. Like, I can't read one Marvel comic without the without the knowledge of like, but this is why this is an inside joke and this is an Easter egg and this is a continuing story of like, even House of Whispers was like sort of a part of a continuing Sandman series. So I really love that I could sort of read Hard Ears as a standalone. Besides that, like the art was super great. The stories were super enriching. I will say that there were a lot of stories in this book. It's not, it wasn't an anthology, but there were sort of like multiple stories compounded to one narrative story. So we'll piece that together. But overall, I really loved it. I sat down one day to read about 40 pages of it, and I looked up and I had read 120 pages. It's a comic, so it goes by really quickly, but I was here for it. What about you? Yeah, no, there's this really cool structure where they give the glossary in the front of the book, and so you get a preview of what's going to happen in the book, and something that Amber has mentioned before, and all, and not, you know, lots of people feel this way with science fiction or fantasy, that it can be super overwhelming, especially when it comes to world building. So the cool thing about this book, in the front, if you choose to, you can get sort of a preview of all the world building, like all the different um, uh, creatures that are in here, all the different places, and it sort of breaks it down for you. But it is um, a choice. Yeah. So I remember starting that choice, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start diving in, and then I'm going to flip back and forth like I would any glossary. Yeah, so they, they introduced the magic system called Vibes, which is essentially the life force, and it shows up in different ways. They introduce... Uh, this idea of the land ship, which is um, people uh, who play music and call back ancestral spirits that form a ship, and humans ride that ship to battle hurricanes, which are personified in here as like massive babies, almost like Attack on Titan type of thing. And so there's just lots of like really cool shit, and that it's very Afrofuturistic mm-hmm. in that respect, right? It's taking things from you know, the, you know, uh, the Caribbean, uh, the islands there and sort of adapting it in a science fiction, like fantastical um, idea. There's like these things called land sharks, which are basically cars, but they're sharks and they fly. Just really cool, like exciting world building stuff, which is, I think, the best part of this whole book. Yeah, it's like what we all thought the 2021 was going to be when we were kids. It's like flying cars and really cool outfits, like like the Jetsons, like how our parents thought that was going to be the future. I really enjoyed this concept of vibes. If we can just speak a little bit about that for a second, it's like there's this one sort of like big bad businessman who is out to just like suck the soul or the vibes out of people, which is just, you know, of course, like one big metaphor for what these fucking jobs do anyway i was just talking to a friend of mine now that we'll we'll start to we're not going to spoil too much of it but we will talk a little bit about just like things that this made me think about and i think about how like the older i get the more i'm realizing that i'm not going to retire from just one job like our parents did i don't i don't know if anybody who is a millennial is gonna ever have worked as long as our parents did at one singular job but um 
my father recently, as in this summer, uh, retired after working at the post office for 34 years. He's had that job my entire life. And now he's like at home waiting on his retirement to kick in. And he's like recently found out that his retirement is going to kick in for like eight or nine months with, which of course is like kind of devastating for him. And I was just like in the moment, like, and see, that's why motherfuckers don't come to work on time. That's why motherfuckers take their sick days because my dad who never took a sick day, never took a mental health day is like gave his heart and soul to this freaking job and did the right thing every day for 34 years. And at the end of the fucking day, his retirement checks are late. And this is why I'm not going to give a job and let a job suck out my soul and my vibes. Like, this is the reason. This is the reason I wake up and say no to people. I probably take that too far, you know. You know, I'd be saying no to shit, and you're like, Amber, we actually could have really used that gig. And I'm like, no, that didn't meet the rate, no. Now, what you got to say to that, Ben? No, I think that's... (laughs) What did you just say? (laughs) I can't really say anything to it. It's your decision to pass up that money but money okay is, well let's talk about that ben we don't we don't have to talk about no let's let's talk about it ben, right now because like if somebody's not meeting your rate like you know we've talked about this how sometimes you sort of look at my income as like amber like i'm holding down the foundational income so everything that you bring in is just extras and i'm like yeah but they need to hit this rate like this is literally what i'm worth yeah i also think Ride so I'm the, not worth ride, it. So no, I'm not worth it. No, ride the wave. You sad. You sad. If they're not until people are knocking down your door, where your the work is too much, you should probably accept things more often. No. Hey, listen, it's your decision. I mean, I, I supported you. You know. <laughs> Why did you say past this? We got a baby on the way. Uh. Anyway. I'm not mad at you. I'm actually genuinely having fun. I just, it's, it's hard because you, like if your job decided to pay you a different rate every month, you wouldn't feel the same way. It's like some months I did really well with pay. Some months I did really low with pay. Yeah. It's pretty stressful. Yeah. Well, Mr. Harding, who's the villain of the story Mm -hmm. is, is the one who sort of just abuses his workers, eventually turning them into these like mindless um, zombies almost and they wear white face as well um, yeah and yeah. they kind of have like um the the white i mean obviously this but the white face has white features mm-hmm. <laughs> is that stupid to say it's like when people do yeah. blackface and just like exaggerate black features sure or whatever the fuck. Okay. no I, I don't think it's stupid to say uh also the writers are um from the barbados and so it, a lot of it is part from of the barbados <laughs> barbados inspired <laughs> Um, Barbadian, they're Barbadian writers. Yeah. And there's really great, um, if you're reading at the end of the story, I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but if you read at the end of the story, it goes into sort of more historical context of Barbados because there was one part where they were like, the only thing people even know about Barbados is Rihanna. Like we wanted to sort of bring some more culture and life um, into these stories that we're capturing. So I really enjoyed like learning that part. Or, you know, we don't get to learn about these like island, these like saint islands and things of that nature. Like we, we had that conversation with um, Cadwell Turnbull when we had him on the show as well. So it's really nice when these like really rich stories that are completely like published and created come out of like, you know, our neighbors that are right there. Is that stupid to say? No, not at all. Okay. Cause we, I mean, like I, I sit here and think about, um, 
when I used to teach high school, I had Haitian students. And obviously, they would teach me way more about Haiti in the short time that they were there um, in some cases. Like, in some cases, they're like, yeah, I came from Port-au-Prince when I was, like, five years old. Because right now, when we think about Haiti and other Caribbean countries, we do think about hurricanes, devastation, and people being deported from the U.S. violently. Yeah, there's not this celebration of, like, the culture. And even though uh, this is Barbados-inspired, again, this is still part of the Caribbean and celebrating, um, uh, you know, the the culture here. There's some, like, really cool other world-building things here where the bulldozers here are not called bulldozers. They're called crab dozers. <laughs> you know? I love that. So they're, you're, like, riding a massive crab. Uh, there is this whole idea that the earth and farming is very important. It's critical. It's eventually what's used to defeat... Um, the villainy of this story. Uh, yeah, why don't you give a quick plot summary? I feel like you were doing that. Oh, yeah. So the the story does start with a hurricane that leaves essentially a power vacuum, and the land ships are basically all destroyed and sent out to sea, and the tuk-tuk um, sort of drum instruments are lost, which is used to you know control these land ships. And so Mr. Harding... Um, uses his power, uses capitalism to start hiring people, and he ends up union-busting and destroying all the unions. But when he takes over the island of Juver, he ends up turning his workers into these zombies. Aren't uh, we all just yeah. zombies? And then that's, dis- yeah, that's discovered by Bolo and Zara, our main characters. Bolo is sort of the um, part of a, the Guild of Agriculture, and the two of them have to work uh, against Mr. Harding, and then one of the land sh- one of the land ships that were destroyed, um, one of the captains comes back and has to you know go through the pirate islands and deal with pirates and their shenanigans, and then they all converge at the end to fight against Mr. Harding, and that's you know generally the the whole plot. The plot I didn't really find as compelling as like the cool again like the cool stuff they were doing with um the fish that are underneath the sea at one point we find that like a pirate had sex with like this goddess this you know underworld sea goddess and she ursula vabs yeah and she had three kids and they were massive squids like i just was wondering how their sex worked (laughs) like how do you have like i'm just thinking that if if you were to have a baby and the baby came out with like a cthulhu head like how terrifying that would be i know it's kind of like in shrek when like donkey and dragon have kids you're like yeah what how uh, okay yeah this idea of mixing and like un you know you know terrible unsacred mixing and how that's gonna create like monsters is very much a thing and like horror and in the zeitgeist of like you know in american politics in which you know black and white people having babies turns into like a monster of some sort Speaking of, why don't you share with people what you want to do with our nursery? Because we we just uh, painted our nursery yellow this weekend, and so I've been having all of these like, let's do a cute little baby animal safari. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I would love to do like a Stephen King inspired nursery, maybe, or like um, I don't know what else, uh, like some sort of horrific nursery type of thing. We can do uh, a Mm-mm-mm. 
so Stephen King, or I was thinking we could do, uh, maybe I would go with Star Wars or like a Pennywise theme. I thought the Star Wars was like, ugh, which, I mean, it's not that I don't like Star Wars. It's just that we already painted it yellow. So I was like, where do we go from here? And then when you said, let's or do a, a it-themed baby room with blood and little georgie i was just like we could how did we get here we could do a dune inspired room all right talking about you did repaint the baby's room i helped you it's really beautiful it's like this vanilla bean um not vanilla it's like bean. pale yellow yeah it's it's like the vanilla flower it's like, like lemonade yeah. if you had a lemonade it would be that color it's really and in this book and ben wants to splatter blood all over the walls that'd be great in this book uh hard ears uh, it's so great because the characters in this book, they're all like black, but they have like green hair and they're they're You can tell like that a black artist made this. And so that was probably like super cool for you, Amber. Like, what did you think oh, about that? Everything. It it was, you know, it was Black Panther all over again. It's it's I, it obviously was not the same story, but it's it's how we all felt as black adults going to see Black Panther. It's like, this is incredibly well-drawn and we get to be squids and we get to be moon gazers and we get to be pirates. I don't actually think I've ever read a book with a black pirate in it that I saw uh, visually. There are also uh, two kinds of pirates. You have the pirates that sail in the sea, but then there are land pirates. Have you heard of land pirates before, Amber? No. I feel like you would be a good land pirate. So Why? a land, a land Do pirate they get to eat all day? No, a land pirate is someone who sort of just sits down and you know has this <laughs> bright shining face and lures ships into their harbor that ends up to be really dangerous and have rocks jutting out and then you you know hit the rocks and you crash. And then, then you go and raid all their stuff. So do you understand that? So it's sort of So like I would you... be good at sitting, luring people in, and then just hitting them. Yeah. Well, when they're you, vulnerable. Would, you would set like booby traps for them. So as their ships are coming in. Why would I be better at that than like smashing Well, you're a little bit inactive sea. currently. Like you would be more of like, you have be- such a glowing, beautiful, smiling face, like a lighthouse. And so you, so what these, what these, um, I just, what these I pirates still don't do know if this is, a is that they not. create like a lighthouse or they create light and create the illusion like that this harbor is safe, like come in, but the harbor is actually very dangerous. And oh. So that is what a land pirate does. So you, is this just a metaphor for like, you think I lured you in thinking like, it's super mm, safe mm-mm, here. Mm-mm. I'm so beautiful. Like, come on over here. And then when you were frail and weak, I... I attacked. You, you robbed me of all my jewels. and I have a way of doing that sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, what I, I would prefer to be a land pirate because you don't have to go and see. I, I get really seasick. You do get very seasick. I get very seasick. Uh, and, and so I'm not a big fan of on going on the boat. <laughs> you get just like motion sick in general. Yeah, like I get very much. If a much. car is going too fast in the back. But yeah, that it was really cool to see... Um, there, like Ben said earlier, there's this like 
these drummers where you you hit these magical drums and it'll just do like a huge ricochet explosion um, if you have the power. But you have to have like the whole drum set together. Mm-hmm. And that um, lures the ancestral spirits who sort of fuse together to create this massive ship. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. There's also just a lot of badass women in these stories. Like obviously there are some really tough men and stuff, but like... You can see just women as captain of ships and women running it and women squids and pirate queens. It's like they did a really great job uh, with their female characters in this story as well as their male characters. I I just think the character development was really great. Even Mr. Harding, the villain, um, as Ben is flipping through the book, even Mr. Harding, the villain, got uh, an origin story. As I was saying earlier, there were actually like so many stories piled into this um, to sometimes to a point where I was like, oh, wait, who is this character again? You know, hits glossary at the front of the book. So I I really enjoyed that they like you can just tell a lot of love went into this um, Afro-Caribbean fantasy for sure. Yeah, I hope that they create more. I think they have the potential to create more. For, they set it up like it's like the story has not ended. Yeah, there were, it felt to me like three really solid stories. Like you get Bolo and Zara's in, in incident where in, introduced to them and you get the hurricane, right? That's the first story. And then, and consequently the rise of Mr. Harding. And then the Second part is you get the land ship and the pirates, and then the third act is you get the the final battle between Mister Harding and Bolo and the rest of the island, and that's that's the story, folks. Everyone should go check it out. It's just you know yeah. if it's beautifully drawn. Um, there is these really like pastel, beautiful colors, pastel, pastel, pastel. and <laughs> I like I kind of like you said it. There's also um. So in the beginning of the story, Bolo, the man, is like sort of lusting after Zara and thinking she's a bad bitch. And he also like wins this little award. I mean, it's to her, it's like, what you got your little award? So she wins this award. He wins an award. And like he's like flaunting that he won it. And she's kind of like, I don't know what that is. Like she, it's just like classic, like I'm feeling this girl and she's not paying me any mind. And you quickly sort of get over their love story like it's not really about their love story they just sort of like team up and help save each other's lives and help save the island but it's not this like uber gushy like i would kill these pirates for you Mm -hmm. it's none of that so if you're thinking like we don't need a love story in an action comic book like you don't really get that in the best way Mm -hmm. but like graphics are out of this world like this also wasn't a hard if you're newer to comics this wasn't hard to follow like the panels you know? Yeah. Because sometimes, like, again, some of those panels are like, wait, should I go all the way across? Should I start going down? Like, it was it was a solid graphic novel. And I'm super honored to be able to talk to the the authors about their, their journey. It makes me feel like we can write a graphic novel. Maybe they just made it look so easy. Yeah. The other thing is the Jumbies is taking, like, traditional stories of... Um, you know, folklore of the Caribbean. So the the Duin are show up here, um, succulent, which are like skin folk. Uh, I would say if anyone has read Nalo Hopkinson's Skin Folk, you'll recognize similar like words and phrases. Uh, the the moon gazer as well. These mythical creatures. I mean, it's just so fucking so fucking fun. Um, yeah. 
All right, we're going to just take a quick commercial break, and then we will get back with the show. Well, hey, listeners. Now, I know you're probably listening to the Sci-Fi Sci podcast on Apple or Spotify, maybe even Amazon Music. But now you can listen to this show and, <laughs> you know, your second favorite podcast on Vodacast. Yes, that's V-O-D-A-C-A-S-T. Voda, like Yoda. You can download the app free of charge and dive headfirst into an immersive digital experience. So check out Vodacast. Now let's get back to the show. All right. We're back. Before we wrap up the show, Ben, any size for the book? Yeah. I have to say them here because, you know, I got to talk to the authors. I ain't going to be like, yeah, why did y'all do this? Oh, yeah. I, I think I am curious why they decided to, like, put so much in one book. Like, they could have really, you know, stretched some of it out mm-hmm. and saved the big bad Mr. Harding for, like, later issues do you, you know, think people do that because they're like, it's like TV shows where you're like, we don't know if we're going to get renewed for season two. Yeah, so let's probably. Just put it here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what their situation was. Uh, there were some, there were some like body proportions that were very disorienting. I was like, whoa. Really? Yeah. Like the, where? Let me um, see. I'm trying we'll to show it if you're uh, watching this on YouTube. Uh, and we'll show the Patreon. Yeah, like, for example, Mr. Harding gets really, really big very, very quickly. They reference this massive tree, almost like the massive tree uh, from um, Avatar. But okay. I, I would have liked to seen more of that. So, like, yeah, he sort of you didn't all, like that. I mean, yeah, it was it cool, but I didn't, I didn't recognize what was going on so quickly. You get the yeah, he became like a spider. Yeah, you get the avian bird uh, creatures, but I, I would like to seen more of them. I felt like at times it felt a little rushed. Like, they could have taken some more of their time, right? Like, the the best part of this is the world building. And if they spent more time with, you know, showing us underwater or taking us, you know, to different places, I think ultimately, you know, that that is their hope to go different places in the future um, for sure. But, yeah, it felt a little bit, you know. Like avians. I would have liked to see more of the avian world. Okay, show that so. camera the avians. Yeah. Yeah. Pull it. Do you see the camera? Cute. Vibey. All right. Well, Ben's showing a little bit of that for the YouTube. And I would also say the, the glossary at the beginning kind of set me off. Like it not set me off, but I was just like, wait, wait, let me. <laughs> I don't even know who these characters are yet. It's like, let, let me learn about these characters first. And then so I, I definitely think I want to ask the authors about like, what went into the decision of putting the glossary at the front of the book? Um, because it's not just a glossary. It's like, it's the term. And then it's like a paragraph of text. Like, it's not just like, this is an avian one definition. This is a whatever it's. So the, the glossary kind of takes up like the first 20 pages of the book. So I started trying to read them. And then I was like, you know what? I got to just jump into the story. Cause I can't remember all these characters. I, I, I don't even know the story yet. Yeah. The moon gazer is so weird and cool looking that if you read about him in the glossary, you're like, Oh, I guess this is coming at some point. So it felt a little spoilery, spoilery. a little spoily. Uh, as well so I was like yeah I mean but again it could you know assuage a lot of like anxiety if you're reading a comic book and you're introducing all these new terms and realms and factions and so that that could be a nice way of getting around that maybe yeah I think front of the book is fine just it needs to be concise yeah that would be on my only, only critique uh also last thing I really really love this isn't a sign 
since we do have some visuals with the podcast now. I really love that you can turn the book upside down and still have a visual. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I noticed that. Let me just set the YouTube camera while you say what I'm showing. Make it like the price is right. So you have our main heroes, and then you flip it over, and you see the uh, you know the pipes, the oil pipes, or you know what the steam. What are those things called? Steamworks, the bathhouse. The no, not steam. When you have like, oh my god. Then you should go to the bathhouse. Well, you see our villain uh, if you flip the page over. It's it's a metaphor for um, villains. Like to be the bathhouse. I'm 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 totally kidding. No, the bathhouse is lit, so I hear. You should go there one day. What do you call that? The the rising that smokes comes out. Steampunk. No, not steam. I mean, it feels steampunk. What what's that fucking Are you, word? You're seriously taking time to look this up right now? No, you know. Uh, smoke smog pollution. Smoke smoke stacks. They're smokestacks. Oh my god. Wow, I feel like a fucking idiot. You're just sleepy, baby. Smoke we did this. Stacks. We typically do this like during the day, and it is nine fifteen p.m. Are you gonna be okay? No. Why? Let's talk. Let's just have some therapy right now. What's What's bothering you? My back really hurts. Your back hurts. What else? Because you've been having pregnancy symptoms out the wazoo. I need. I didn't stretch today. I should stretch, stretch today, baby. Yeah. Well, in conclusion, I, wait. Damn, you ready to go? I'm ready. Well, my back really hurt. I'm like lunch slunched over. All right, give me a kiss. I need to find like we need to find like better chairs. Oh give god, me a kiss, real quick. we need a studio. We need a lot. I w- I recently watched an interview with Kendrick Lamar in the Breakfast Club, and I said, "Wow, that'd be really cool <laughs> to be Kendrick Lamar." <laughs> Which part? To be Charlemagne? To be to have the whole Charlemagne studio? Charlemagne is. is to have Such the dollars. A dick. He's so yeah, fucking brutal at fun. times. But he's kind of like charming and captivating. Like I he he's not my target audience, but I'm like, I know the people that love Charlemagne the God. Yeah, and he just says things to be insightful. I right. Like, like he he doesn't really he was giving this interview. Yes. And he was just he trying to you. Yeah. He's like a Wendy Williams, but the man version, so nobody hates him. They're like, he's just speaking the truth, you know. It's like he's baiting people and people take the bait every time. He's really good at his job. Um, one of the guys that I had sex with in college, I I rolled over one day and saw that he had Charlemagne's book and I was like, God, I don't think I can keep doing this. I can't keep having sex with you. You read Charlemagne the God's book called Black Privilege. <laughs> wow. It's probably good. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think Charlemagne is insightful and he asks um, probing questions, but he does it in a way that. I Charlemagne the guy did you earlier today on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, quite quite a bit. You do that quite a bit. Come give me a kiss. You look really tired. Yeah. I'm going to let you warp up the show. With that being said, why don't you warp up the show, my love? In conclusion, go ahead and buy hard ears, which I found out means stubborn. And I'm going to start calling Amber stubborn. Uh, you know, be hard ear at You're time. Call me stubborn or hard ears? Hard ears. Be hard ears towards capitalism or towards businesses that puts, um, you know, wealth and profit over the the well being of of workers. And this book really does an amazing job of exploring that and just creating these mythical worlds and just fucking awesome shit. So go ahead. Buy hard ears, 
uh, at your local comic book store by Matthew Clark and Nigel Lynch. Also, make people pay your rate. If they don't want to pay your rate, even if your husband doesn't think you're worth your rate, you tell those motherfuckers no. Right, babe? Yeah. No, don't don't listen to your husband at times. Uh, thanks, babe. Bye. Bye, listeners. I'm getting you off. Support the sci-fi side. Like, the like, show has ended. Like, subscribe. Not, not you having all of the... Like, subscribe. Pu- not you having, push the thumb up button. Not write, you having energy a at the end comment, of the Comment. Where yeah, comments yeah, Ben reads are, all the comments. I do. It's part of my job. So no, I can it's know. not. Yeah, it's so toxic, it's called fan man. engagement. So you but understand. But you don't engage. You read and scroll. No, I, yeah, I read and scroll. And you then I then I like Then I write down. Solicited advice. No. Yes, you do. Some of them are really Yeah, enjoyable. sometimes you should read comments to understand no, what what is. Okay. No, it's like pollution. It's like you should walk in the polluted streets with your mouth wide open. It's like, no. No, sometimes you should analyze things even if it comes from like a dark, disturbing past. You know, not everyone has Good the capability to read comments and have them just slide off like water. You so know? are you testing your... Like, what, what do you get out of reading comments? At this point, I'm... I'm not even gonna cut this. I'm just gonna let people. No, I, I don't. I get uh, what people are thinking, how people interpreted what we did. But uh, some people like I don't really leave a lot of comments on people's stuff. I will think something is super hilarious. I'll reshare it multiple times. I'll follow the person and I'll never comment. I'm just like, this is quality content. Thank yeah, you. well, and I keep going. Yeah, I'm not. I don't comment on things. I do find comments interesting. I, I find them fascinating when you're commenting and what people are saying. I do read them. I read probably. The majority of our comments, even if there's like 30,000 comments or something, I will read every single one. To, I like to know what people are thinking, how they're interacting with care? us. Because based on what they're I saying, how, like, I'm I pers- find it fascinating. Perceived, but I just cannot. Yeah, I think I don't know if you have the tough skin. Yeah, well, they're not talking about you. Yeah, most they're of talking yeah. about me. Right. So you like seeing people drag your wife? No, I did not say. Are that. you secretly Do commenting? I, did I Are like? You one of my did trolls? I like reading about? I don't know. You know, just because you find the value of reading us. about something. People uh, are. If you read a terrible, if you read a book about a terrible time in history, it doesn't mean that you like that time in history, but you do find it valuable. Yeah, but I don't read that book every day. I don't no, I don't. My, read I don't it. curate my space. I don't read books. it every day, but I do read a lot of the comments. Hush, I can finish the end of the show. Anyway, this episode, this is, okay, We next Sunday, we are recording, like, top of the morning to you, all right? Yeah, before you can get, like, mad at me. If the day oh, goes baby, on I longer. I can get mad at you at 4 a.m. Baby, you know this, Barb? Only if I'm coming in at 3 a.m. That's mm. the only time you'd get mad at me. I wasn't going to put you out like that, but you've been acting a, a straight plum fool since I... When Ben found out I was having a baby, he was like, "Great, I got till April to party." And I've been I did being not, like, "Let's nest. Let's." let's I've been pick nesting. Out pa- paint swatches and paint and do a baby safari and go to parenting classes. And Ben's like, "Party!" So we've been having some. I haven't been, been partying. I just haven't changed my lifestyle as much as you would like. Yeah, but you're also like out late. So occasionally, it's a one night. And occasionally, one and occasionally, there's alcohol around. Occasionally, because I'm not drinking at home. So you gotta hit it. I don't have to hit it, but if I go hit out it, hit it. and I see someone 
someone's show or if I'm trying to like play board games, which I don't drink at board games. They're too complicated. But I do, the problem, you know, I do have to cut my time playing board games. It has been, you know, twice a week where it's like one day played board games, another day maybe go see a show. uh, And then occasionally, you know, once a month I go to book club. So sometimes that could go up you know, two, two nights a week, three nights a week where I'm coming home very late and you're going to bed by yourself. And I recognize that's a problem and I shouldn't do that. So yeah, I'll do better. Did you get that off your chest, baby? I mean, tr- trust me, you put a lot on my chest to get off. You sort of chewed me out. Appropriately so, but I'm just letting you know, I, I there's work to do. Are you do. making a commitment right now in front of our listeners to come home at a decent hour? Yeah, I'll come, yeah. You know, obviously, I'll start coming home at a decent hour. Are you nervous about being a father? Is that why you're running? I'm not away nervous. From your at, no, I'm not running away. I'm not nervous me. at all. We're, it's still a hot mic. No, I'm more. Uh, so you don't want this family? I'm excited. I'm not. <laughs> wait, what? I'm Charlemagne the God in you. So you, you're, so you're not a family man. That would be him. It, yeah, it depends how you mean by family man. Like you're not like Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is a terrible example <laughs> he was in a movie called family man i know okay I was I'm, like, a, I'm kind of a comedian I don't, but that's all right i don't walk around with a briefcase listen we we're not your normal you, family I mean, a briefcase versus a backpack like you yeah i think you're so much better than nicholas cage i am so much better than fucking nicholas cage i do like his movie uh mandy and i liked uh the color from out of space this he made this new one about pig real quick pig he have you heard this movie called Pig? No. Could you hold a your pig. breath real quick? Hold your breath. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. Up next, we are interviewing Patty Jackson. Patricia Jackson just dropped her new book, Foraging a Nightmare. And guess what? We get to talk to her about it. So be sure to check out episode 62 of the Sci-Fi Side and pick up your copy of Foraging a Nightmare. Those will be available starting November 23rd. And we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. I finished what you got to say. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.